and we are live with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nick Bavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson. And Andrew, we just had a probably historic MLB free agency currently going underway right now. Some big-time contracts have been signed. A couple players still yet to have been signed currently, but as of this Wednesday, the stove is certainly hot. Yeah, you you can say it better. Uh, lots of big names being signed in the first, really, month of free agency. I know for most uh, most teams, the season ends in October. But the World Series is only about a month away or about a month in the past now. So about 30 days post-free agency, you're seeing some really big names starting to sign in. Uh, how many more names do you think will be signed before the end of the year? Certainly the biggest names have already signed, but there's still a lot more to be uh, to be seen. Well, usually when we see MLB free agency, once it gets to the winter meetings, which is where currently all the MLB teams are at right now, that's when everything starts to pick up. You see in years previous, you know, Aaron, when um, Carl Stang got traded to the Yankees, that was during the winter meetings. Stuff like this happens most of the time when it comes to MLB free agency. It's during these meetings and stuff gets to pick up. We saw it yesterday with the whole Iron Judge news, which we'll get into a little bit later on. But things happen, and you know, in an hour span, a two-hour span, even in Judge's case, a forty-eight-hour span, you hear rumors. Sometimes those are true, sometimes they aren't true. But it just makes the sport of baseball even more intriguing because you're hearing all these, you know, possibilities and what's going to happen in the future. And in this case, we've had some crazy, crazy transactions happen with the MLB. And what should make it a great MLB season upcoming? Yeah, Yankee fans went from an absolute roller coaster of, of emotions in the last twenty four hours, and at one point, it really looked like Aaron, uh, Aaron Judge was going to be a San Francisco Giant, like I had predicted earlier. Uh, I guess I got that run one wrong, but hey, it doesn't really hurt to try sometimes. Yeah, but I mean, listen, there's been some free agency signs, which in a lot of people's cases we didn't see happen, you know, didn't expect to happen, but it's happened. And some big time players have gotten some big time contracts and are getting paid a lot of money to do so. And one of those guys being Jacob DeGrom, you know, Met fans were wondering, would DeGrom be back? You know, it's been an injury riddled career for him. The last couple of seasons for him got shelled in the playoffs pretty much for the Mets as they got eliminated by the San Diego Padres. Mets fans were trying to figure out. They got Edwin Diaz a couple weeks ago. Would they bring back their star pitcher? They do not in this case. The biggest thing that happened this Friday, you know, as I'm watching Utah and USC playing for the Pac-12 championship, I hear, I see the, you know, Twitter going into a frenzy about this Jacob DeGrom signing. And I'm thinking, oh, he's back with the Mets, right? Not the case. DeGrom is now a Texas Ranger signing for a five-year contract, $185 million. The Texas Rangers going all in to try to get that star pitcher, and they do it here. They made some big-time splashes last season, including getting Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager. Now they get their big-time pitcher in Jacob deGrom. Mets fans, really not happy about this, but there are some that are saying, you know what? In the sense, we could we would have rather preferred giving him a three-year contract instead of giving him in this case, a you know a five year deal. So Mets fans are kind of iffy on how they want to feel about this type of a contract. But for Degrom and the Rangers, it's certainly potentially a match made in heaven. Texas gets their big time pitcher. Degrom has a chance to now really be, you know, he listen. He's the best pitcher in baseball. A lot of people say he can definitely prove it if he can get the Texas Rangers to the playoffs. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I think as of right now, the Rangers go from winning about 75 games to about um, 86. Uh, but hey, listen, it's still a major, major ad. When's the last time the Texas Rangers, when's the last time they had a pitcher of this caliber? Oh. It's been a minute. It has been a minute. It, it's so tough. And I should know because they obviously went to the World Series in 20. Right. What was it, 2010? I, yeah, I think it was either 2010 or 2011. Um, I'm trying to think who their big time pitcher was at the time. I almost said Cole Hamels, but I don't think it was Cole Hamels. But the point is, this is a major addition. Now you have to pay a premium because they might be paying 40 year old Jacob Degrom, and if you see, if it's anything that we've seen in the past, that 31 year old and 32 year old Degrom would be kind of beat up. I don't want to know what 40 year old Degrom is going to look like, but that's going to be their choice there pushing the chips to the middle of the table right now, and they're going to try to make a run in the postseason, and I really can't blame them. No, I mean, you really can't. I mean, Texas has been, you know, the last couple of years just really failed to have that star caliber pitcher. They signed John Gray last offseason. He did not do that terribly for the Texas Rangers, but let's face facts. John Gray is not an ace caliber type of pitcher for a team that's trying to get back to the postseason. This move for DeGrom gets you back into that position to get back to the postseason. So it's really a huge swing of momentum for the Texas Rangers. The question is, when you look on paper, you're still in a division with the Houston Astros. You know, they're not going to say you're better than the Houston Astros. You're trying to basically fight for being that second best team in that division with the Seattle Mariners. So hard. They have Seattle. They got Los Angeles. Of course, you have the Astros. These are all teams at any given point can be a postseason contender. It's tough with the Angels because, you know, they have that talent, but every single year they just never seem it's to a new live up to their potential. It's just that, okay, you know, they sign Rendon. Rendon's not living up to his contract. Okay, you have Mike Trout and Otani. Mike Trout gets hurt. It's just every single season, uh, Murphy's Law seems to hit the Angels, but really big get for the Texas Rangers. Pretty, substance, pretty big loss for the Mets. But, Nick, would you like to inform our listeners to – who would be uh, Mets signed as his replacement? Well, before I get into that, the ace of the Texas Rangers for the 2011, the 2011 was the last time they made the World Series. C.J. Wilson was their best pitcher. That's a trigger Thanks. warning for anyone. C.J. Wilson was a great, was not a bad pitcher, but when you look He's at the time, uh, yeah, he was kind of an in-betweener between ace and like really good. So that's besides the point. The Mets, yes, you, as you said, you know, we're down bad at one point thinking, you know what? We lost our best pitcher. How do we go about trying to replace him? This guy that they got, not a bad idea to get him to replace him. Justin Verlander, last year's reigning AL Cy Young Award winner, is going to the New York Mets on a two-year $86.6 million contract. A huge get for the Mets. Verlander has, you know, one of the biggest reasons why the Houston Astros have been successful the last couple of seasons. Obviously, he's had some bad trackage in the World Series. He hopes to maybe fix that with the New York Mets. The Mets now have a nice one-two tandem of Scherzer and Verlander now for this upcoming season. So not a bad you know, replacement for the Mets as they try to get back to the postseason this year. Dare I say this is a home run hire for the Mets. I th- I don't think I don't think you could really disagree. I mean, listen. Verlander has pitched his entire career in the AL, so I mean, it's going to be interesting how he fares in the in the National League. But 
this is an interesting move for the Mets. This is kind of the deal they wanted to give for Jacob DeGrom, but DeGrom wanted more years on his contract. You're giving a Ver- Verlander this deal. You know, he's currently 39. You're giving him a two-year deal. You're seeing what's left in him before he eventually retires. Yeah, quite frankly, the Mets got the better bargain over here. Uh, this is what I'm going to say. I think the Mets playoff window, as the team is currently constructed, is about two to three years. Is that fair, Nick? You think I would, they... I would have to, with the Scherzer and Verlander contracts? Absolutely. So I think it's perfect. So if I'm Steve Cohen, right? Yep. You're going to have Scherzer for two years. You're going to have uh, Verlander for two years. At the end of that, all that money is going to get freed up. You're talking close to $80 million in salary. I don't know what the exact amount. It's probably 75, but upwards of 75, 80 million inside. It's going to come off the books in about two years. If you have the ground for five years and you're trying to do a retooling, because you're still going to have young guys, hopefully like Brandon Nemo and Pete Alonzo, and you're going to have uh, your closer in um, Edwin Edwin Diaz. So you'd have to do like a retooling and $90 million is more than enough money to do a retooling in two to three years. So you try to go all in and win a world series in the next couple of years. And if it doesn't work out, Hey, you gave it your best shot. I think Verlander at this point, you know, barring a huge regression next year is a better pitcher than Jacob DeGrom. I don't think that's uh outlandish to say, would you, uh, would you tend to agree? No, I think, listen, for the Mets right now, the story for them is they've still got to find some pieces for the outfield. Brandon Nimmo is currently a free agent. Are they bringing him back or are they looking at someone else? That is going to be really a big key. Will they also find some bullpen help? Because after Edwin Diaz, the Mets really are struggling to find any relievers. They're going to lose Seth Lugo because Seth Lugo wants to become a starter. He doesn't really want to fit into that long-term you know, reliever role. He wants to be a star in the MLB. So they're probably going to lose Seth Lugo as well. They also signed Jose Quintana today too. So that was also a big get for the Mets. To sign Quintana, who was realistically a big reason why the Cardinals were able to win the division last year and get to the playoffs. He started game one of the wild card against the Phillies, and he was pretty good in that game against Philadelphia. So no. the Mets getting Quintana and Verlander, those are two huge gets for the rotation. Right. The um, I think going into today, their rotation is stronger than it was last last season. With the addition and subtraction made in the last, let's say, 72 hours of the New York Mets, it's a lot stronger. I think I have to agree because, listen, your third star last year was Chris Bassett, and he was very up and down. Now you go into next season with the rotation of Scherzer, Verlander, Quintana as your top three. I think that's really good. That's a lot yeah. of veteran experience. And they've and listen, in Verlander and Scherzer, they've won World Series already. They know how to get there. So and they know you the want those type of pitchers. When they're on the mound in that game, in that game one, exactly. in that game seven. Exactly. Listen, this is a great get for the Mets. They still have a little bit more work to do, but only time is going to tell on what they do next. But you know Steve Cohen is going to want to pay some money. All right, so who's the one and two now? Is it going to be Verlander and Scherzer or Scherzer and Verlander? I think it's still Scherzer. Scherzer's, Scherzer's really? been. I mean, yeah, you have to go with who's been on the team longer. Vet, right. Yeah, I mean, they're both vets, but you have to, even both, though Scherzer's only been Scherzer's there for been with the seconds, team but. for a year, obviously. So he's going to get, he'll be the opening day starter, I would imagine. Man, that's going to be one hell of a one-two punch. You This potentially could have both NL Cy Young winners or candidates on the same team. This is like when they're back in uh, back in Detroit, right? Yeah, yeah, the Mets, yeah. You're right. The Mets are going full Detroit Tigers. This is when the Tigers when the Tigers made the World Series. 
They were two of their best pitchers. Yeah, so this is a huge get for the Mets. I think at the end of the day, they get better. Uh, it's hard to improve on a 100-plus win season, but the way it... Uh, there's really big expectations in Queens now. Yeah, I, listen, after what happened last season and the way the Mets went out, the Mets had to do something to, fit, to, you know, to make sure that that never happened again. Losing to Grom really put Mets fans in a bad spot, but getting Verlander and Quintana definitely can re- help you know, replace that production that you're missing in Jacob DeGrom. Right, and I want to go shift over to the other side of New York. Let's go over the Bronx now. Oh, the big major, old Bronx. Major, major, major signing. As we kind of teased earlier on, Aaron Judge is a New York Yankee. Nine years, $360 million. That's a lot of money. I, it is a lot of money. So before, as the resident Yankee fan here, because Grayson is not here, but he's a Yankee Brave fan. He's a, he's a Braves fan. Yeah, whatever he whatever he wants to identify as. So as the resident Yankee fan, I'm going to let you take the lead on this, but I just want to say one thing to start. I get this is an overpay from an outside perspective. You're going to be overpaying Judge for about four years or so, but he's if it's going to come with perks, he's going to retire. He should retire Yankee. He'll he's going to be the, the, he's going to be the new cap. Exactly, he'll be the captain yeah. soon. And if he can win you a World Series or two, hey, he's not going to be Jeter, but maybe he'll get a fa- his face put in uh, Monument Park. Hey, listen, he's done great things for the Yankees. The biggest story for him is going to be hitting in October. That has been his problem for his entire career. He needs to hit in October, especially now with this big-time contract. Because if he does not, it's going to look really, really bad for the Yankees. But here's what I'll say as, as a Yankee fan. it At the time when they gave him that original contract, you know, the seven years, 213, I thought that was a good contract. Credit to Judge. He banked on himself. He said, you know what? I don't like the deal. I want to get paid more. I'm going to play this season, and I'm going to leverage myself into putting myself into, you know, Mike Trout's status for getting average per year. He now gets more money than Mike Trout's getting. Mike Trout's making $35.5 million per year, if, if I'm correct. Aaron Judge is now making $40 million per season because of how good his regular season was last year. 62 home runs monster year, reigning AL MVP. It looked like he was going to the Giants at one point. A lot of rumors were saying yesterday, Aaron Judge was going back home. He's going to sign with the Giants. And it really put Yankee fans in a bad spot. They thought, you know what? This is going to be, this is not going to be good because the last time we lost a big time free agent, we lost Robinson Cano. And the Yankees for a couple of years were not good after that. So the question was going to be, how do you replace a guy like Aaron Judge? Well, Thankfully, in the wee hours, the Yankees, you know, talked to Judge, made sure that he would not, you know, sign with another team. There was also rumors that the San Diego Padres were trying to get him. They were rumored to offer him $400 million. So the Padres, they really try to go all out and try to get another superstar on that team that's already got a bunch of superstars. And the Yankees, thankfully enough, they gave Judge, you know, the nine years, $360 million at, you know, you would think that's an overpay. Yes, but you had to do it. You had no the Yankees had no leverage in this in this you know type of contract. They had to give him the money for how good he was last season. They're now hoping that you can you know attract more free agents, guys such as Carlos Rodon. That is their next stepping stone for the New York Yankees. They need another starter for that rotation. They've also brought in you know guys back. You know Isaiah Kainfalefa. As much as I don't like him, they brought him back. They brought back Tommy Canley, who has been on the team in a couple years. That's a big get for the Yankee bullpen. They also brought back Anthony Rizzo, 
So the Yankees have made some moves to get the team somewhat back in place, but they still need to sign a lot more free agents. Carlos Rodon would be a huge get for them, and uh, either getting Ben Attendee or even Brandon Nimmo would be really nice for New York. Now, it's funny, as you said, that now they spent big money on Judge, but you have to commit to the other free agents as well. You just can't give Judge this massive contract and then just kind of walk away like that. You have to commit now. So you're going to have to sign a guy like Xander Bogarts now. I know you just brought IKF back, but he can play. Uh, well, Bogarts can, is probably going like back to the Red Sox. Guy. Yeah, Bogarts not going back to the Red Sox. And if he no, wants he is. to stay, he is. He is. Yeah. The, what did they they're, offer they're, him, though? So the contract hasn't been signed yet between them, but they said it's leaning more likely that Bogarts is going to go back to Boston. That is kind of insane to me. The way they've, um, they're going to lowball him. I don't know. They're, they're, I do have news with the Red Sox. They just signed the, one of the Japanese outfielders. They gave him about $85 million. I so did see that. That's, that's so they're, really already, they're already spending money. They still have to bring back Bogarts, potentially, and Devers. And they also made a couple of, They made a nice signing for their bullpen today, which we'll get into a little bit later. But the Yankees, realistically, you're right. They might have to look at an infielder, you know, maybe a shortstop, because that has been a glaring need for them for, a, you know, I want to say since D.D. Gregorius, but I, mean, I would... He was a nice stopgap. He was good for yeah. a year or two for the Yankees, but you need a guy that's a constant there at that position. Yeah, I I don't know. The problem is the shortstop market is so tough right now. Obviously, there's guys like Carlos Correa. We saw Trey Turner get signed. Um, it's really a tough situation for New York because you gave Judge all this money, and you still need to give a guy like maybe Rodon. You need to probably give him a lot of money, too, in order to bring him into the rotation. The Yankees, unfortunately, are going to have to lean to getting a starter before they can even think about getting a shortstop. Well, yeah, I mean, Carlos Rodon is still available. That'd be kind of ironic if you steal him away from San Francisco. Yeah, that would be huge. That'd be really ironic. But uh, again, Aaron Judge, really good signing for the Yankees, keeping him back. And at the end of the day, it was Hal Steinbrenner that got on the phone with him and said, hey, do you want to be a Yankee? Yeah, could you believe Hal is reaching into his own pockets? Well, Hal, yeah, Hal gave him the extra year. They gave him the extra year and the extra $40 million. That was the kicking point. That's really what Judge said. You know what? I have to give him another. Because real because at the time, the Yankees' original deal was eight years, I think, around the ballpark of 328 to 330. So the Yankees had to give him the extra 30 to $40 million in order to bring him back. And they gave him the extra year. So the Yankees... Had no leverage. They were, you know, desperate to bring him back and make sure he was a Yankee for life. And they did it with this with this contract. So great get for the Yankees. Now it's solely gonna be a question of like the Mets, where do they go now from here? Who can they bring in to help try to keep this World Series window open? Yeah. Now I want to uh go out west or go the Midwest to be specific. And let's talk about the Chicago Cubs. They're making some really, really big moves. Yeah. Chicago Cubs have been kind of struggling ever since that World Series breaking that hundred plus year curse on the franchise. Ever since winning that World Series, it's been kind of all but downhill for them. They haven't really gone back to the form, but they're trying to really swing in for the fences on this one. Uh, trying to bolster their rotation, James and Tyon going to the Cubs and Cody Ballinger coming over from the Dodgers. So Cody Ballinger looking for a fresh start. He's had a broken swing since the... Um, does he want MVP? Home- I was going to say since he won MVP, but yeah, he hasn't really had a swing in, in yeah, a while he- now. So he went from MVP candidate to a uh, rotation player at best right now, but he's trying to get back to form in in Chicago. Yeah, I mean, 
listen, for the for the Cubs, you know, last year they signed Marcus Stroman to help the rotation. Now they get James to tie on, who was kind of up and down with the Yankees last season. You know, wasn't that terrible for us. But now he gets a, fre- a fresh start with the Cubs. He's going to be their second best pitcher on the rotation. Now you also add Cody Ballinger. And as you said, he needs a fresh start. The Dodgers didn't want to bring him back on a qualifying offer. They let him walk to free agency. Bellinger has, as you said, he has not been the same since his MVP season. Now he gets to go to Chicago and try to help a Cubs team that right now is young. They're, you know, rebuilding. They're trying to get back to form and try to compete in the NL. A guy like Bellinger, if he's able to get back to his old MVP self, that would be a huge gift for the Cubs. You know, credit, it's only a one-year contract for Bellinger, so he's kind of banking on himself right now, kind of like Aaron Judge did. He kind of like how bank- Syndergaard did that one year. Exactly. He needs to, you know, just uh, see how this one year goes and evaluate it. If he has a great season, then that's great for him because then he'll get a lot of money for next offseason. So this is a big opportunity for Bellinger, and this is a big opportunity for the Cubs. You know, getting these two guys who are still not really – they're still relatively young in their careers. I know Tyon's 31. He gets a four-year deal, so he'll be 35 at the end of it. But he's still on his prime. He could still pitch though. very well for the Cubs. Yeah, no, pitchers are way different. Pitchers could be good when they're 39, 40 years old. It's the batters that you really have to worry about. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I, that outfield's going to be really interesting in Chicago. You have Ian Happ out there who had a under the radar, pretty good season. Yeah. Uh, and now you're going to have Ballinger. If Ballinger gets back to form. That could be a pretty good outfield. Yeah, I, I think that the Cubs team all around, I mean, listen, they're a very young team. But they have a lot of potential if it all pans out. You you know, you get Bellinger. They've got it also a really strong infield with Nico Horner and Madrigal. There's Christopher Morrell at the third baseman. Yeah, no, and, that's a young team filled with talent and potential. It's going to be really interesting to see where they are in about two or three years or so if this core could stay together. Exactly. I mean, it's really going to come down to can the rotation stay, you know, competent. Stroman you know what this is reminding me of? It's going to be up for them. What's up? This is kind of reminding me of the Blue Jays team of like 20, 2019, 2020. They don't really have a Vlad Guerrero type where a guy who's like looking, who's, who's poised for a breakout, but they have a bunch of young talent and the potential is limitless if they, uh, if they can get it together. It's a, it's going to, like I said, it's going to all come down to their rotation. I think that has been a glaring need for them for a while. And getting, you know, you're hoping Tyon just breaks out and becomes an, an ace for the because team. Because, yeah, because they really needed. Because Strowman was very inconsistent last season. So you don't know what you have in him right now. Tyon, you're hoping that, you know what, maybe we didn't see all we saw in the, in the Bronx last season. Maybe coming to Chicago can help fix whatever was wrong in New York. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna, obviously as a... Yankee fan, are you going to be rooting for him? I didn't mind Tyon, so I don't really have any, like, grudge against him. I think going to the Cubs gives him a great opportunity. Listen, I w- if, if the contract that I'm looking at that he got, it's a good deal for him. He gets four years, $68 million. I was as a Yankee, Yankees, I, w- I wouldn't give it to as him. As a Yankee fan, I wouldn't. I mean, the Yankees weren't going to give him to that anyway because you got to remember, we still have Nest- uh, Nestor Cortez, Garrett Cole, uh, Luis Severino. Um, Frankie Montez and, is going to be in the rotation you know, if, next if year. Domingo can pick if he can just put together, he could be a good piece for you too. They still have Domingo, yeah. And then listen, like so that's why I said you get Carlos Rodon. That just bolsters that rotation even further. So realistically, Tyon didn't have a spot. Remember, the Yankees didn't use him as a starter in the postseason. They had him coming out of the bullpen. He only made that one start against the Astros in the ALCS, 
And credit, he wasn't bad in that start. But the Yankees, there just wasn't really a spot in the rotation for him. Yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what Jamison Tyon actually does in Chicago. I think everyone's going to be uh, interested to see how he develops as a pitcher. I don't think there's really much more developing you can do after the age of 31. But That's maybe true. Change, yeah, maybe a change of scenery would be good for him. Listen, as a Yankee fan, when you you we know for a fact when a pitcher leaves the Yankees, some, most of the time, they find something in their mechanics, they go to a different team, and they, you know, they turn a switch, and they become really good. So maybe that is the case with Jameis to tie on. Who knows? Okay. And I want to go ahead over the Cardinals now, who uh, a former Cub, now in the Cardinals, Wilson Contreras going to the Cardinals, replacing Yadier Molina, which is probably one of the most important moves of the offseason, because... If you were a Cardinals fan, you were thinking, okay, how are we going to replace this guy? He's been a mainstay, one of the top catchers of his generation. How are you going to replace him? You go out and you sign Wilson Contreras. That easy, right? Well, not always, but it's he's going to have some pair of shoes to fill in St. Louis. I mean, yeah, listen, this is a great get for the St. Louis Cardinals. I mean, to steal a division rival's catcher to replace a legend in Yadier Molina is monstrous. Think about it in this in this scenario also for the Cardinals. There was rumors that they were looking at Sean Murphy from the Athletics. There were rumors they were they were looking at James McCann from the Mets. This was this is even further. They get an All Star caliber catcher, Wilson Contreras, probably one of the top. I, I, not probably, he's definitely one of the top five best catchers in the MLB right now. To get I'd him, say top three. I'd say top three. Right I would now. even yeah. I, I think you could venture to say top three too. You give him a five-year, eighty-seven point five million dollar contract. I don't even think that's a. I think that's a great deal for St. Louis. You replace a legend with a guy that could be maybe become a legend in Wilson Contreras. He's had some great years in Chicago. Now he gets to go over to a division rival. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how Cubs fans react to this when he returns to Wrigley this upcoming season. But for St. Louis, listen, they're 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 looking to make some moves. There's rumors that they might try to go out and get a shortstop like Dansby Swanson, maybe. They're still looking to get some rotation help and some bullpen help. So St. Louis, they're trying to say, listen, this is a start of, you know, us trying to keep that World Series window open. We still need a little bit, you know, to do before we can, you know, get back there. And St. Louis is a baseball town. Baseball is the main attraction there. So he's going to be in his absolute glory there. He is going to be, I don't want to say a god among men there, but he's going to be one of the stars of the show down there. Well, yeah, remember, he's going from one team in the Cubs who has a, a rich baseball history in itself to now the Cardinals, who also have a rich history in baseball. Two, you know, two storied uh, franchises he's, you know, playing for now. Now he gets a chance to become a, you know, an all-time great with the Cardinals, especially if he can win a World Series there. Yeah, it's going to be something to see. They have a hell of a core down there, and I can't wait to see what they do. But let's head over to the next team now, a team I can't stand in the <laughs> Philadelphia Phillies, stealing Trey Turner, probably one of the most abysmal. I don't want to say abysmal, but one because we don't know how he's going to perform yet, but an absolute massive contract to Trey Turner. I can't believe he got paid like this. And also seeing Taiwan Walker going there as well. Uh, so from the Mets, they're getting Taiwan Walker. And from the uh, from the Dodgers, they're getting Trey Turner. I mean, yeah, this was a major get for Philadelphia to get Trey Turner and plug him into a team that went to the World Series last year and took the Astros to six games. This is a World Series type of move for for Philadelphia. 
And listen, Dave Dombrowski, he's done this before in years past where he will spend a lot of money to try to get his teams in a situation where they can win a World Series. He did it in Boston. You know, he didn't win a title in Detroit, but he did the same thing in Detroit. And the Tigers, you know, made a couple World Series appearances. The Phillies made one last year. To credit, we didn't think it would happen, but they were there. Now getting Trey Turner for your for your offense is great because he can play a lot of positions, infield, outfield, you name it, he'll play it. One of the fastest guys in the league and a consistently really good hitter. Then you also get Taiwan Walker for four years. And Taiwan Walker was not bad for the Mets. You know, he had a couple up and down starts for them last season, but he was very consistent for New York. Now he goes over to the Philadelphia Phillies. Now he ha- gets to help them in that rotation. That rotation is very dangerous already with Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola. Now you add a guy like Taiwan Walker. If he's able to, you know, keep that form going, the Phil- Phillies could easily be back in the World Series next year. So I don't see them going back to the World Series because Bryce Harper is probably going to miss 90% of the season, if not all of it. That's true. He he. There's a he's probably not going to be back till after the All Star break. Uh, yeah. So he's season. he's going to miss the vast majority of the season, and I don't see them. I, I so Trey Turner is a special talent during the regular season, but when it comes on the postseason, he kind of turns into a pumpkin. He really can't perform in the postseason. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. I mean, you gotta also remember he's on. He he was on the Dodgers last season, so. He's on a team that has a lot of stars, so it doesn't really have to be all on him to win. With the Phillies, you could say maybe the same case, but with the amount of years and the amount of money that he got, it's now more than ever reliant on him to be that next big type player for them after Bryce Harper and Kyle Schwarber. So they really need Turner to step it up, especially if they get to October. They need him more than ever, and that will be the oh, same yeah. for Taiwan Walker. I mean, Alec Baum also a no. He's uh, tw- he'll be twenty six years old, I believe. I think he was twenty five this past season. Underrated, um, really showed some development towards the end of the season. So that infield's good, look pretty good. Alec Baum at third base, and you're gonna have uh, you have Turner at second. Who's uh, I'm sorry, shortstop. Who's playing second and first? Is it um? Um, I would I would imagine Bryson Scott is gonna play. Bryson Scott and Turner, it depends because they they get flip flop between second and short. Right. Um, first base is still Hoskins. And, so they have a decent infield. Yeah, they they have a they still have a really good team on paper. I think the biggest issue for Philadelphia, and it's been the issue for them for you know the majority of the last couple of seasons, has been their bullpen. They need to fix it absolutely and make sure that they can get you know a top tier type of closer for the postseason. Now credit, they need they the glue le- guys. Exactly. They got there without a top-tier closer last offseason, but or this past season, I should say. I don't know how many you know big-time relievers are available. They could try a trade for Liam Hendricks from the White Sox. If I were Philadelphia, I would jump on that because there's not many times when there's an all-star caliber closer on the trade block, and you can make a trade to get him. To, that would really help your postseason chances. I mean, yeah, they would want to send him out to uh, – want some far away from their, uh, from their division as well just so they don't – Come back and uh, bite them as well. Uh, you don't want to face that guy a dozen times a year if, uh, if you know, in the vision. Yeah, I mean, listen, if they if they can get someone like that from the White Sox, that would be huge for Philadelphia. But the Phillies, listen, these are this is two big time moves. The NL East right now is a very scary division. The top three alone with the Mets, 
the Braves, and the Phillies. It's I know for you, Johnson, as a Marlins fan, it is not going to be fun playing what those teams next year. time to be alive. <laughs> what a time to be alive. No well, offense, if, Russell, if you listen to this, no offense. I was so happy when DeGrom was not there because uh, they were saying Jacob DeGrom is the gone from the NL East, and I was so happy. And then you shot, signed Max Scherzer like 24 hours later. And, no, Verlander. Uh, I'm sorry, Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander. And uh, just to replace him, so you somehow even upgrade off that, which isn't Mets-like at all, but you never know. New owner can change a lot of things in a, in a culture, so that that's that happens a lot. Yeah, and I want to head over to the uh, to the next game too. Let's head over to next game, next the next game. team. Always looking for next season. Let's talk about Mitch Hanneker going to the Giants. They are fine. I guess I guess that's the big name for agent at this point because well, uh, they've struck out on everyone else. Well, keep in mind when they made this signing last night, they were expecting Aaron Judge to accompany you know Mitch Hanniger with them to the Giants to bolster that outfield. And then Aaron Judge earlier this morning said, "I'm going back to the Yankees." Now, still, Mitch Hanniger is 31 years of age, ter- almost turning 32. He gets a three-year, 43 and a half million dollar contract. This is still a pretty good get for the San Francisco Giants. Obviously, last season was a really big letdown considering what happened two years ago when they had the best record in all of the National League and they got eliminated in the first round. This was last season was a huge letdown for the entire team. They get Mitch Hanniger, that helps them, but they still need a big-time player. There's rumors that they're going to be meeting with Carlos Correa to potentially bolster that infield. That would be a major signing for the Giants if they were able to get him. But this is not a bad signing. The only reason it doesn't, you know, it isn't as good is because they could have had him and Aaron Judge. Yeah, I mean, I don't think this is this moves the needle too much. I don't really have to dwell on this. Uh, but I want to go back over to the Dodgers now and talk about Clayton Kershaw returning, re-signing with the Dodgers. That's a huge, uh, huge signing because they get to keep their ace. Um, I, I don't know because the Dodgers really can't do much at this point. I mean, how much more... Can you possibly do? Because it seems like they're well, falling short every single they're gonna season. Have to do more. They do. And they're going to have to do more, unfortunately. Because you got to remember, they've lost, they lost Trey Turner. That was a already big loss for this entire team. And now, you know, getting Kershaw helps your rotation. But the Dodgers still need a lot of work to do. They were looking at guys like Verlander to, you know, bolster that rotation. They were looking at maybe even signing Aaron Judge. There's rumors that Mookie Betts wants to play second base. So the Dodgers have been looking at, you know, outfielders. Obviously, they missed out on Judge. They couldn't bring back Trey Turner. They obviously missed out on Mitch Hanniger. Hanniger would have been a nice signing for them. Now the question is, where do the Dodgers go from here? Kershaw does help for now. He is getting up there in age. But where, what else can the Dodgers realistically do in this free agency? Maybe they go after Carlos Correa and, you know, poach him away from the Giants. I don't know. But the Gi- the Dodgers will have to act on it soon because you're right. Other than that world, that one World Series in 2020, it's just been consistent disappointment from this team. Yeah, and you called that the Mickey Mouse Championship as well because yeah. uh, you know shortened season, a lot less injuries, uh, not pl- really playing in front of fans. Kind of Mickey Mouse season for the Dodgers and the Lakers. <laughs> they just knew you were going to bring up the Lakers at some point. And I want to talk about Josh Bell going to the Guardians now. Jose Ramirez finally getting some help because God knows he needs it. Well, listen, the Guardians were an interesting team last year, the youngest team that made the postseason, and they could definitely use some veteran experience to help them, you know, 
make another run towards the postseason. And Josh Bell definitely helps this team. Gives them a nice bolster at first base. The question is, will Cleveland do anything after that? Not entirely sure, but this is definitely a good step. He gets a two-year, $33 million contract, so he gets a nice deal from the Guardians. Now the question is, what else will Cleveland do this free agency? I think time is to tell, but Cleveland is still very young to the point where their window is wide open. Yeah, Cleveland has a... Uh, they have options here. It's... Uh, they're not really shoehorned into one direction. They can kind of hang out... And I don't want to say they should really hang up, but I think they should really start accelerating a little bit. They have the option to kind of just kind of coast on by, but you really can't waste Jose Ramirez's prime like this. You have to really capitalize on this. So I'm kind of happy that they're going to be signing a guy like this that can kind of contribute around him. Yeah, and I think only time is going to tell, you know, obviously Cleveland, it'd be great for them if he does contribute early and often, but we'll have to see what he does this upcoming season. But another guy that made a you know, free agent sign today that really helps. Unfortunately, in my case, it helps their bullpen. Eh, maybe it could help the Yankees. I don't know. Depends on how he's feeling on the certain day. Kenley Jansen going to the Boston Red Sox two years, $32 million. He essentially is going to probably be their new closer. So they get the former Los Angeles Dodger and last year, Atlanta brave. Now he gets to come over to Boston and try to help their bullpen, which was a very big problem for them last season. So, now the question for the Red Sox is, after this move, can they bring their guys, Devers and Bogarts back? That is only going to take time as well, too. Yeah, uh, if you want to take a look at it, the Red Sox bullpen was absolutely horrendous. They had some hilarious games where I think they had give up 20. What was the record last year? Was it 28 runs that they, they gave up in a single game? 27 in that game to the Blue Jays. 20, I remember watching that game, not live and in person, but this live with you. And we couldn't believe what was going on. It was just hit after hit after hit, home run after home run. And there's nothing you could possibly do. So the pitching staff as a whole there is horrendous. But maybe you get a guy like Kenley Jansen that if you have your long, not your long reliever, but your middle reliever in the seventh and eighth inning, get into a little bit of trouble, you bring him in early, kind of clean it up. Uh, so he's kind of like a band-aid right now where he, he can come in and kind of mask some of your problems, but he's not going to fix them. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to see how Kenley definitely can help this team for the Red Sox because they definitely could use the bullpen help, but they still need to make a lot of moves, especially getting Devers, Devers and Bogarts back would be absolutely monstrous for them. I'm perfectly okay with them not coming back, though. But one guy that did sign with a team that I desperately, you know, do not like Johnson. Um, Jose Breu, the former AL MVP, signing with the Houston Astros. This is a move I do not like at all for myself. So I don't think this is the biggest signing of the postseason, but I think this is going to have the biggest impact of the postseason. Yeah, it's going to be a very... I, I can't. I really shouldn't say it's under the radar because he's a really good player. No, but no, with, this is under the radar because but, if you see the news that DeGrom has gotten... Yeah. Erlander and Aaron Judge. Jose Abreu was a snippet. He he wasn't even talked about. And he gets a three-year, th- uh, you know, three-year contract, $58.5 million. This is a great gift for the Astros because, you know, Yuri Gurriel was their first baseman for the longest time. You replace him with a former MVP in Abreu, who's been a great mainstay for the White Sox the last couple of seasons. This this pains me that he is a Houston Astro because he's a, he's another guy like you know how Trey Mancini was on the Astros last year. He's yeah, another guy really that I like. Guy. 
exactly. He's a likable guy that's now on this team that I just des- like I just absolutely hate. And now he gets to help the Houston Astros try to repeat this season. Yeah, I mean Jose Breu is an fantastic talent. There's um if you look up baseball player in the dictionary, it's probably Jose Abreu's pitcher that comes up. Kind of cliche, but he's going to do all the little things that you like in the player, too, at a position that I don't want to say is easy to play, but it's if you take a look at the rest of the infield and the outfield, by default, first base is by far the easiest position to play. And now you're in a guy who's an absolute master class at that position. When the guy before him, like you said, you were Guriel, it's not like he was a bad first baseman, but you're getting such a huge upgrade at that position where it's going to it's going to be a ripple effect throughout the rest of that uh that lineup. Yeah, more I mean, guys, it, guys are going to get more RBIs, going to get more runs, they're going to get um more home maybe, runs, maybe get yeah. more home runs. Yeah, it's going to be insane because they'll be pitching around a break. Hey, sometimes they might walk him, and then uh, it just opens up so many possibilities for the it rest just, of that offense. It just makes the lineup more dangerous than ever because you really can't walk anyone to get to another guy. No, you really can't. like the Dodgers lineup in a sense. Yeah, because, okay, you walk a Bray, okay. Um, Altuve's up. Or um, Bregman's up. Bregman's or, uh, up. Alvarez like, is up. Yeah, but it's just like if you have such – it's murderer's row right now down in Houston. Um. Uh, and who knows if they start using trash cans again, they may never lose a game ever again. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, listen, they lost very lender, so now the question is going to be how will their rotation respond after this? They might make a move for some pitching, but they have a good rotation still on their current roster, so they might be okay with just letting him walk and not having to use that money and instead using that money towards a guy like Jose Breu. But we'll have to see. There's still a lot of free agency news to still be broken. Where will Xander Bogarts, you know, Correa, Rodon, where will these guys sign and who will they sign with? That's going to be the next, you know, question and what has been a crazy offseason to say the least. But that is going to do it for the All Gas No Break Sports Show. Crazy MLB free agency already. And I'm sure there is a lot more to come. The stove is definitely hot. We'll have to see what happens with spring training just a couple months away. Once again, I'm one of your co-hosts, Nick Pavona. Join alongside Andrew Johnson. Make sure to tune on in to our next topic as we talk about the college football playoff and this past week in the NFL.